it sounds like star running back Rocket Sanders is going to play for the Arkansas Razorbacks. How's Texas A&M going to be able to stop him and KJ Jefferson on the ground? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we have a very special crossover podcast today as we're going to talk a lot about the Texas A&M Aggies and what we can expect out of them in the Southwest Classic. And we have a very special guest and a guy that knows all things about Texas A&M. I'm going to have you pronounce your name because I should have asked you that before we started. So you're going to have to do it, Andrew, because I don't know how to pronounce your last name. It's Andrew Stefaniak. It's Andrew Stefaniak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Stefaniak, so I'm glad you told me. So There wait, you go. Yeah, so I would have messed it up either way. But he is the host of the Locked On Aggies podcast. Does a great job for all things Texas A&M. So let's just start with here, uh, uh, Andrew, because I know this game is always one that Razorback fans seem to hate because for whatever reason, they always find new unique ways to lose, even if they feel like they're the better team. But we'll get to that right now. We're a few games into the year. Arkansas sitting at two and two Texas A&M's three at one. How does A&M fans and the overall vibe there in college station? How is everyone feeling right now? As far as the job that Jimbo Fisher has done just through four games of the season. Well, it's been up and down. You know, you play the Miami Hurricanes, take a painful loss on the road in the Sunshine State. That was a game, you know, some things went the way of the Hurricanes, some things went the way of the Aggies. Miami ends up leaving with the win. It's one of those games where Miami outplayed Texas A&M, but I'd like it back, and you're not going to get it back. So people weren't stoked after that loss by any means. It was a, it was a loss that, I felt like if you want to have a really good season, you had to win that one. They weren't able to get the job done, but you know, you got to move on. And then the Aggies open SEC play against the Auburn Tigers. They beat them pretty good. Auburn was the offense was rough for the Auburn Tigers. So Aggies get a win there, start SEC play one and oh, but then the pain comes in. Connor Wigman, done for the season, gets a uh, rolled up on a little bit um, against Auburn in the end zone. Ankle turn. We thought maybe it's a high ankle. We'll see him in a couple weeks. No, done for the year. We found we found that out yesterday morning. That one hurts. So I'd like to say positive heading into this ball game, but it's kind of hard to keep putting on the smile after the loss to Miami and losing QB one. So how much of a difference does that make? Because Max Johnson is an experienced guy. I mean, there's a reason why he was the second string and not the first string, obviously, but. Is that going to have a tremendous impact in this game and the season going forward, having to go with Max Johnson instead of Wegman? You know, I look at this, and I talked about this a lot in the offseason. Not a lot of SEC teams have what Texas A&M has, which is, like you said, an experienced veteran quarterback who's won at multiple stops in the conference. Good player, but Connor Wigman, you know, like you said, he, he's a starter for a reason. He's just a better player. So I think Aggie fans are are happy that you know you, your backup is a guy who can win football games. Do I still think that the Aggies are going to play good on Saturday and have a shot to win this ball game? Which, no, we'll get into all that. I do. I don't feel as good about it as if Connor Wigman was out there. But, you know, Max Johnson, he's played the Razorbacks before. Of course, he played last year in that ball game, So he knows this team. Uh, so it's, it's a drop-off. You know, I'd be crazy to sit here and say, oh, we're going to be fine. There's no drop-off. There's definitely a drop-off from – 
Wigman to Johnson, but I think that it is a uh, Aggie fans are happy that your backup is one of the better ones in the conference, potentially the country in Max Johnson. Yeah, I think Razorback fans right now, I can't speak in the same way maybe that AM fans feel because Arkansas has already lost two games, but their frustrations come into where they felt like they played better in both games. And one of them on the road against LSU, which is a really good team, Arkansas really did enough to win the game, but the problem was was penalties. Uh, problem was is you had first and goal from the eight, first and goal from the five, and you had to settle for field goals, which you know you're not going to do. And it just felt like, man, if Arkansas just you know cut the penalties in half and was able to punch at least one of those in for a touchdown, they would have beaten LSU. And then the BYU game was really frustrating because you know you see 38 points given up, and I was like, oh man, the defense was terrible. But what was funny about that game is that uh, Arkansas's uh, defense only gave up like 247 yards of offense. But they scored 38 points, and it was because you had a 10-yard punt. You had a 28-yard punt. You had an interception. You had a strip fumble. You had a thing that was putting them in a really good position. So uh, I think Razorback fans overall, I, I don't, I'm not saying they're happy because they're not at all. In fact, a lot of them are very frustrated. But they're frustrated not because just of the losses, but how they lost. And so that's why this game, in particular with a you know, you always hear the must win and whatnot. But I, I've, I've done the research on it where Arkansas – and I think they've only beaten them four times since the Southwest Classic started. And in those four seasons that they beat AM, they had eight wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, and nine wins. And then in the times they didn't, they had no more than eight wins. And so this is a, such a key game for Arkansas. And I think Razorback fans are hoping that this can be the one that gets them back on the winning track. And if they lose, it's really going to be bad. So my question to you is if Texas AM loses this game to Arkansas, which we know there's a lot of pressure already on Jimbo. What's the reaction going to be? How are they going to feel? Is, is this like a you-cannot-lose type of game if you're A&M and Jimbo Fisher? You know, I've taken Texas A&M's schedule and kind of broken it into groups. I did this in the preseason, and I've done it now that we're, you know, a few games into the year. I look at this and I go, the next three games, it's a gauntlet, you know, as it's an SEC schedule. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how hard because everybody is going through the same thing. You go play Arkansas coming up this Saturday. Then you host Bama, head to Knoxville. Not an easy stretch. If you want to win nine games, which is what Texas A&M fans, that was, that's the goal. That, that's what we want. We want they, it was 10 wins to start the year. Losing the Miami game took that off the table a little bit to where we're kind of going, how can we get to nine? And with a down SEC, I still think there's that's there if you play well. Wigman going down hurts that, but that's a different conversation. And I've said you have to go two and three in these next three games, in those three games I talked about. And to do that, I think you have to beat Arkansas. If you don't beat Arkansas, I don't know if you're beating Bam at home than Tennessee on the road to go two and three in that stretch. I just don't see that happening. I think the only way you can do that is starting this three-game stretch with the win over the Razorbacks. And if you like, you have to do it. And, and if that doesn't happen, if they lose this game, the conversation that we've, we're all sitting here thinking about with Coach Fisher, it's going to start to gain more and more relevance in the college football community. If, if he loses this game, you know, those next two games aren't going to be forgiving either. So you lose this one, there's a chance these conversations really heat up soon. It's pretty similar, I guess, with Arkansas because, you know, last week they played at LSU. They get AM and Arlington. Then they go to Ole Miss and then to Alabama. They have four straight games away from home. 
and it's arguably against the four best teams in the SEC West uh, all in a row. And I think Razorback fans are kind of looking at it in the same way. There are already people that are really not, not saying that they want Sam Pittman fired, but they're definitely a little frustrated. It's like, hey, it's year four. You got KJ Jefferson. You got uh, an improved defense. It looks like you got, you know, Rocket Sanders. I know he hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been playing, but he is going to play in this game, which is huge for them. But like, it's like, okay, you got to, you can't start two and three. And because if you go on the road, to Ole Miss, that's not a win. That's not an easy win. So, you, you know, you'd be two and four. You could be looking at two and five with Bama. So it's funny how both teams are going into this where it's like, if they, if they're, they lose, the coach is going to get and hear about it. And the coach is going to uh, be on that hot seat even more so than what they are now. And like, that's, it's not surprising because it is the way the SEC is, but it is interesting how, you know, both teams uh, with different coaches, different viewpoints, different cultures, all that. Both of them really need this game, and I think that that's going to be motivating for both coaches and for both teams to go into it. Yeah, I, I it's a good point. Um, breaking it down like that, you're right. It's one of those you fl float around the must-win word, but I don't know how you can't look at this as a must-win for both of these teams, and only one team can win. That's I know that for a fact. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out it's going to be fun to really get into talking about this game because there's a lot of intangibles going into this football game. But you're right. I think these two coaches definitely are feeling some pressure and know that their ball club's going to leave with a win or people are going to start to be uh, start yelling at them a lot more than they are currently. We're going to continue this conversation here in just a second, but we want to tell everybody about FanDuel being the official partner of Locked On Podcast Network. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to do it than to right now to get on the action. The app is extremely easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Last time I checked, I believe Arkansas was a six-and-a-half-point underdog to Texas A&M, according to FanDuel. So if you're feeling like the Razorbacks are going to cover, if you're feeling like the Aggies are going to win big, you can go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now, and you can kick off not only the NFL season, but also the college football season when it comes to all of your bets. So again, head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. is a FanDuel.com include money lines, props, and et cetera around your team as you check them out today. Again, it's the Locked On Razorbacks, Locked On Aggies crossover podcast. And now we move on to looking at a little bit of the series history and going into this game itself. Because as you know, Andrew, this has been a game where Razorback fans, they it, it's the most frustrating thing ever. They find unique ways to lose. And I even look back on it to where uh, Arkansas has won those four games. And... I think Texas A&M has won 10 of the last 11, like something ridiculous. And only three times, though, in the game in Arlington, that is, not including the games in College Station and Fayetteville, but the games in Arlington, three times only since 2009 has the games had a winner win by more than one possession, like two possession games or more, three times. And ironically enough, Arkansas has been two of those. Even though they've only won four times, that's been the case. It's been an extremely close game each and every time. So going into this game, my question for you is, Texas A&M more often has had a much better team than Arkansas. Uh, the Chad Morris years were, I mean, that was just the most horrendous football anyone's ever had of encounter. Uh, and Brett Bielma just never figured it out, could not figure it out. And Sam Pittman, I mean, you know, again, it's you know, he had the win, but then the close loss last year. Like, 
Why why do you feel like AM in this game seems like they always play down or at least don't play their best, but then they still find ways to win? Like why what is it about this game in Arlington where it just seems like AM, as good of a team as they may be, or even a better team as they may have been in the previous years, why do they always struggle against Arkansas and just knocking them out and winning big, like in some cases they should have? Well, you know, two thoughts that come come immediately when you talk about that. The first one is this. If you look at Texas A&M's talent, and it's this, it's been like this for a while. It's one thing, and I when people ask me, well, why do you think Texas A&M's been good this year? And it's like, well, there's a five-star playing uh, receiver, and if he needs to get hurt, there's a five-star backing him up. And it's, I mean, it's getting to a point where they're in the conversation blue chip ratio-wise with Georgia and Bama and Ohio State in these programs. But then you look at the records, and you're like, so you're telling me this is a team full of five stars and you were five and seven last year and you're, you know, and so it's been a matter of doing less with more. And that's what frustrates Texas A&M fans. But, but bringing that, so I think, while I get that and it's been the case against Arkansas, I think you could argue that's been the case for Texas A&M over the last few seasons as a whole. I mean, you lose to Appalachian State last year, you know I mean? And there's a lot more talent on Arkansas, obviously, than there is Appalachian State. And then when it comes to this game, I mean, just rewatching the highlights from last year. I watched them today. I would, you know, Arkansas fans, I I I had forgotten, like genuinely coming from an Aggie fan, like that wouldn't hurt. I, I you know, and I, I'm not pushing nothing. I'm not yeah. rubbing in. I mean, that that just was a painful one. Yeah. The KJ tries to go over the top, fumbles, and then this guy's like, you know what? I'm gonna hand the ball off to this guy, and he's gonna like, I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. And then the field goal late. It was yeah. a painful one, and it seems like it was almost more Arkansas finding the way to lose than it was A&M finding the way to win. If you look yep. at the numbers on the game last year, that, Texas A&M didn't even play really good, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It was the Hawks, yeah. I think, just kind of shot himself in the foot. Yeah, I, I look back on that, uh, the 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 play. I, I, I know it's you know, bringing up bad memories, but it's true. It's like that play with KJ trying to dive. It was like first and goal from the six, and Arkansas was up 14-0, and if they would have punched that one in because they were rolling. And gone up 21 to nothing. Even if Arkansas did struggle a little bit or stop scoring as much, I didn't think AM's offense had enough to, to, you know, do anything about it. And that's what was crazy is that play. And, you know, you go from being possibly up 21 nothing to 14 7 in a blink of an eye. And then I still have never seen a field goal hit the top of the upright mm-hmm. and bounce up in the air and then come straight back down. Like I've still never seen that. So that's when I talk about like how Arkansas finds ways, you know, like Brett Bielma saying, hey, let's kick to Christian Kirk. Let's do that. Let's see how that, let, let, that's a great idea. Let, let's do that and see what happens. Um, you know, that or uh, Dan Skipper getting called for a tripping penalty, which nobody ever saw again in 2014, where Arkansas was about to go up 21 points in the second half. Like, it's those things where I'm not, you know, saying, oh, it's the official's fault or whatever. I'm just saying that's where this game a lot of times just doesn't make any sense because it's not, you know, it's always, hey, you're the better team always wins because you win. But like you mentioned last year, that's the type of thing where just nothing not to compute. Like, how do you have all these great plays and these great players and these stats and these numbers and these things? It's 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 a wild series where I enjoy it because it's always going to be a good game, but uh, I don't enjoy losing 10 out of 11. And so, like, especially in Jerry world, because, like, Jerry's our guy. He's not y'all's guy. He's our yeah. guy. Like, he, the only reason, like, that game exists is because Jerry Jones is an Arkansas guy. And so... I think that's also a frustrating thing is just knowing that, you know, we're 
we're the ones that's benefiting probably the most from playing there, and yet we still can't find a way to win, no matter how it happens. I think it's funny that they continued to pan over to John Daly up in the box. That was a, he's awesome. I, I just I had to give him a shout out because he's just awesome. John Daly is like a top ten human on this planet for me. He's he uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I, it's one of those games. And and here's the deal: you made a great point. Betters out there, that's that you read. Six and a half for Texas A&M. That's a lot of points in this matchup historically, as we've talked about with a backup quarterback in the game. And I know we're going to get into predictions. Um, so you know, I'll talk. We'll talk more about that later. But it has been a weird series for a long time. And you're right; it does seem like quite often the Aggies maybe don't play their best game. Arkansas has a chance to win it. And they just kind of find a way to lose. So I mean, you know, I think if I'm an Arkansas fan this year, I want to. My goal is to find a way to win a to win a to not shoot yourself in the foot and win a, a close game. And if I'm a Texas A&M fan, my goal is to just go out here and just beat the brakes off off the Hogs, you know, and, and try and really say, you know, we are a little bit more talented. We're going to go and just put up numbers and points up on the board. That's the goal. But as history's proven in this series, that's just not what happens. So it's going to be a fun one. I really can't wait to see how it pans out. We're going to speak more about some of our predictions as well as some keys to the game here in just a second. But folks, this episode is brought to you by Markell Insurance from Fayetteville to El Dorado and everywhere in between. Markell has been helping Arkansas small business communities for over 30 years. Markell is a global specialty insurer with a truly people-first approach. And to them, insurance is more than just a piece of paper. It's a promise to help people get back on their feet. We spend a third of our lives working, so on-the-job injuries can be expected. You work hard to build your business, so it's important to make sure that you and your employees have the right insurance coverage. Whether you're new to the business or celebrating 25 years, or you have one employee or 1,000 employees, Markel aims to understand your workers' compensation insurance needs. So you can find a local independent agent and get a free workers' compensation insurance quote today at markelinsurance.com slash locked on. That's M-A-R-K-E-L insurance.com slash locked on. Markel, insuring America's small businesses since 1930. Insurance carrier coverage, dividends, and services availability may vary by state. Markel is a registered trademark of Markel Group Incorporated. Continuing on with the crossover podcast of Locked On Razorbacks and Locked On Aggies, uh, we'll get to some of our keys and our predictions. I do want to get this element from you, Andrew, because it's one that Razorback fans are very fascinated in. Uh, Petrino, Bobby Petrino, offense coordinator. It was a weird hire, to, to say the least, and some people were for it, some people were against it. How how's it gone so far? I mean, has it been as good as what people were hoping for? I know with the quarterback situation, you'll have to wait and see, but has the offense been tremendously improved since a year ago under Petrino? Statistically, so far, it's going great. Even in the game that you lost to Miami, the Aggies still did put up a bunch of points. The, the problem to this point in the season, had been the defense. I mean, it was the secondary was struggling. There was no pressure. Now, that's a bit on coaching. We'll talk about that in the keys to the game. But the the problem had been the defense, not the offense. Now, you, you've only played two teams, you know, that are real football teams, and it's Miami and Auburn. Um, and Auburn, you were able to put up 27 points against it. I knocked, I knocked Auburn earlier. Good defense over there. The offense is something else, but the defense is, it sucks. It, yeah, it it's, sucks. yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I appreciate you saying it. Yeah. Um, but the, the defense is pretty good and the Aggies were still able to put up 27 points, um, in a game that they won. 
held the Auburn offense to 10 points, and seven of those were, of course, on a fumble recovery, where those of you that didn't see it, Jimbo tried to make a tackle. If you haven't seen that, you need to go find it. It was hilarious. But, you know, that's that's kind of the way I look at this. And I say, the Petrino hire, it was interesting. It was a weird one. I don't think really anyone expected that. But say what you want about him, and it's all it's all fair. But he is a good knower of ball. He, he, he knows offense, and he can score points, and he's done that well to this point. There hasn't been any turmoil between the coaches, all those different things we heard all offseason. It's gone well so far. The offense is flowing well. Now, this is the one thing I'll say about it. It'll be interesting to see. Wigman and Max Johnson are different quarterbacks. Wigman's more athletic. Max Johnson can use his legs, but he doesn't use them at the same level that Wigman did. So it'll be interesting to see what his plan is with Connor Wigman done for the rest of the year. And of course, we'll find that we'll all find that out together this Saturday. Yeah, here I don't care what Razorback fans say because I think a lot of them probably feel the same way I do. I love Petrino, and like I, I hate the fact that he's at A and M. Just to be honest, like uh, you know, say what you want about the guy, but. Uh, some of Arkansas's best seasons was when he was the coach and, you know, they won 10 and 11 games in back-to-back years during a time where the SEC, especially the SEC West was probably at its all-time best, you know, like he was having to go up against, uh, you know, Nick Saban. And then when Les Miles had LSU go in and then, uh, you think about, uh, you know, Dan Mullen was at Mississippi state, uh, you had at Auburn, uh, Gene Chizik, but you know, Cam Newton years yeah. when they won a championship and Arkansas's permanent East opponent during that time was South Carolina with Steve Spurrier. So it was like, you know, he's a great coach, man. He's a great offensive mind. And that's where it was just kind of, I think Razorback fans were really like, crap. Like when he yeah. took the job, because it's like, man, it's like you, you want to root for him and you know how good he is. Like, because he almost beat Arkansas last year at Missouri State. Like he gave him a run. So uh, that's something to look for. But uh, getting into the the keys for this particular game, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start with you, Andrew. For Texas A&M to win this game. What would you say uh, is the key or just a couple of keys to what they need to do or not do to be able to win this one? Well, hearing that Rocket Sanders will be out there changes my keys a little bit. I kept, I was digging for information on that and couldn't find anything. So I appreciate you telling me that Um, because that changes my outlook on this game a little bit. Well, let me, yeah, because let me say first, because at least at the recording of this podcast, um, I've had people here in Arkansas media say that he is. It's not like, oh, a confirmed report, but the people in the media, they said, hey, He's looking good. Even Sam Pimmons thinks on the SEC teleconference that he's uh, that he's leaning towards that. So yeah, just want to make that clear before yeah. someone comes after me for something. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. But but so look back at the numbers from last last time in this matchup. KJ Jefferson was running all over the place. That to me, I think is is the number one key is stopping KJ Jefferson. But not just KJ Jefferson. The run as a whole. One of the biggest issues in the offseason for the Aggies was being able to stop the run. That was the concern. Can we stop the run? To this point, they've stopped the run and done a really good job doing it. The problem has been more the the secondary. Now, we'll talk, you know, Coach Dirk and the defensive coordinator has not, he, he got a lot of pressure last week against Peyton Thorne and the horrific Auburn offense. Will that be the same this week against the Razorbacks? I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to get as much pressure. So you have to contain the run. If you're able to contain the run, I, I'm going to feel a lot better about stopping stopping the Razorbacks. But it's harder when you have to stop KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders, not just KJ Jefferson. You know, it, it becomes a lot more difficult. So that's my first key to the key to a win here for the Aggies. 
Yeah, for for Arkansas, um, it's kind of it's it's the way it's been this season, at least in their two losses, and it's kind of been the same way we talked about in this game against A and M in general. Arkansas just doesn't need to beat itself. Like if Arkansas plays like they did against LSU this weekend, they will win. On the preface that they do on first and goal from the five, get a touchdown and not have eleven penalties. They had eleven penalties in this game last week and fourteen in the game before that. Arkansas is the most penalized game in the SC, team in the SEC. I thought that was funny because I think A and M's second to last. So <laughs> both teams heavily penalized. But to me, uh, not to say that Arkansas's got far and away a better team, but I do believe they have far and away the better quarterback, just because KJ is that guy. And so if Arkansas is able to just not beat themselves, not do the things and make those mistakes that they've done so far this year and in this game, I think Arkansas will win. I think no matter what, it's going to be a close game. I think no matter what, it's going to be kooky. There's going to be weird things going on. But it's it's going to come down to, can Arkansas not make those mistakes? And also, can the defense have any sort of pressure on Max Johnson, forcing some throws? Because Petrino is going to be motivated in this game. He's going up against Arkansas. He's going to he's a great offensive mind. I don't think the defense is going to stop the AM at all, but can they at least do enough? You know, get maybe get an interception, maybe get a fumble, uh, some sort of break to go their way. Because I have a feeling that regardless, I think this game's going to be a little bit higher scoring than what's been the past few years. I think both teams score in the 30s or the 40s, but Arkansas has to limit their mistakes. Yeah. My my last key here, and I was thinking about this, but it's I think that you have to find a way to win the turnover battle. I know that's cliche. I know that's the most cliche turn, you know, key to a victory in the world, but there's some backing to it. it the, the, the hogs have created eight turnovers this year. The Aggies have only created two. So Arkansas has been turning other teams over. Texas A&M has not. You got a backup quarterback. And one thing I'll say is as, as good as I've talked about Max Johnson, we all hear the whole you know, quarterback, uh, the backup comes in, you haven't game planned for him and he has the game of his life. And then you game plan for the backup quarterback and the other team game plans for him and it doesn't go as well. Could that kind of thing happen? Uh, so I think Max Johnson, you don't need him to, you got great receivers. You got good tight ends. His brother's actually the t- starting tight end. Jake Johnson's starting tight end, which is funny, but you don't have to be great. You just have to game manage, take care of the football, get the ball down the field, and stretch it a little bit. Max Johnson throws a good deep ball, but he can't turn the football over. If he turns the football over, that is how you lose this game. If he takes care of it, I think the Aggies do win this one. So I know we'll get into predictions, but I take care of the football, I think, is definitely up there with containing KJ Jefferson from getting out of the pocket and running the football. All right, well, let's go ahead and work into our predictions. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, it's not going to shock Razorback fans because I am usually the most optimistic person when it comes to most things. But uh, I'll go ahead and say that Arkansas does win this game. I I think that with getting Rocket Sanders back, uh, regardless of even how he plays, I think the threat of him out there is going to be significant. I think that uh, KJ, after last year's gaffe, is going to be extra motivated to win this one. I think Sam Pittman understands like what is what their backs are against the wall and they like they need this game so badly and knowing that they should have won the past two and they should be four and zero but they're not. Uh, I think that they're going to go in there motivated and I think they're going to go in there and uh, really take care of business. I still think it'll be a high scoring game, but I think Arkansas ekes out the win, gets the victory regardless. But I think that they end up taking care of business this one, thirty eight to thirty four over A and M. I, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a good take. I, I agree with you on the high scoring. 
I'm with you on the high scoring. I've predicted, I've been right on my predictions about high scoring, low scoring so far this year. I haven't. I was wrong about Miami. (laughs) Predicted the Aggies to win that one. But I do, I do think Texan and wins this one. I'm with Wigman. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to lean toward a win in the cover. With Max Johnson, I'm leaning toward a win. I don't think the Aggies cover. And like you said, with the history of this matchup, you know, there's there's no real cover. It, it, this game is going to be close. You're right. This game is going to be close. It's going to be a fun one. I think the Aggies win 35-31 in a back-and-forth punch fight of offenses. This will be a fun ball game. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, somebody's some fan base is going to be really pissed. I, I think we can all agree. So one fan base is going to be pissed, and the other one's going to be elated, or at least uh, happy that they got the win. But uh, it should be a great one regardless. Well, Andrew, uh, just for everyone out there, let everybody know where they can find you and listen to the podcast and everything. Yeah, just you can find me at Locked on Aggies. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find me on YouTube. Yeah, I've been talking about this matchup all week, of course. So if you want to hear more in depth, my perspective of this ball game, head on over to Locked on Aggies and all you, my listeners over at Locked on Aggies, same for John Neighbors over at Locked on Razorbacks. You can go get all of his stuff from this week over at his show. Should be a great one. Again, appreciate everybody listening in to both the Locked on Razorbacks and the Locked on Aggies podcast. We appreciate it and everybody making the trip down. Hopefully have a safe trip and uh, we'll see how this game plays out. But until next time, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for tuning in to Locked on Aggies. We will see you tomorrow.